Welcome to That PCOS Coach Podcast. If you're here, then there's a great chance that you too have PCOS and you're in good company. My name is Letitia Bates and I'm your host. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist and health coach. I hold a degree in nutrition and food science, currently a dietetics major on the path to becoming a dietitian and a former licensed nurse. This is my station where I shed light on polycystic ovary syndrome. You're going to hear stories from PCOS fighters, advocates, interviews from PCOS experts, and learn all things PCOS, fitness, and health. Today's episode is sponsored by Nutrition Dynamics. Yes, I know, I know, it's the company that I work for, but y'all, did you know that you don't have to be a client at Nutrition Dynamic to have access to all of our labs and supplements? That's right, you can actually start shopping today for labs from hormone panels to gut testing and so much more, and have access to our full inventory of supplements that can help you with your PCOS and health goals. So at checkout, use the code BASE5 to get a discount off of your order, or check the show notes for the discount code. Have you ever had questions about PCOS and exercise? I know how it is. Oftentimes you're on social media and you're seeing that you should do this exercise if you have PCOS and then you keep scrolling and then someone else says, no, don't do that exercise. You should be doing this instead. And it gets so confusing. Well, today you're in luck because we are going to be talking all about PCOS and fitness with my friend Jenny Silvestro. Jenny has a bachelor's degree in physical education with a master's in health education. She's a certified personal trainer as well as a behavior change specialist and a fitness nutrition specialist. Jenny is a phenomenal friend of mine, a fellow PCOS advocate. She's also been on the podcast a few times discussing other topics, so you're definitely in for a treat. Go ahead, buckle in, and let's answer all of your PCOS and fitness questions. Hey, Jenny, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back here again. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited that you're here as well. Like, I feel like we could just run off a, a series, just you and I. So <laughs> for, for everyone that's listening, um, Jenny actually was on episode eight. You, you shared your PCOS story, which is definitely like, go listen to that after you listen to this episode. And I believe it was episode 16. We talked mm-hmm. about the family PCOS dynamic of oh gosh, like we talked about like your, the genetic component and like family support and a lot of things around that whole topic. So yeah, you, you shared a lot of that with us then. Yeah. We had a, a, a lot to talk about on that episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It was really good. I think I there think was actually gone on and on for a while. On I was going to say, I think we, like towards the end of that episode, it was like, oh, and by the way. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, but today we're going to be talking all about PCOS and fitness. And you are just like the main person I thought of whenever I wanted to cover this topic. So um, just kind of tell us again, a little bit about you, your background and why you are well equipped to talk about Okay. Well, I am the owner of body enhancing fitness. Um, I have been training patients with PCOS for the last four years. Um, I've had a passion for fitness my entire life. So, um, I have a degree in physical education and a degree in health education. Um, I taught for eight years before I started to raise my children. Um, I have over 20 years coaching experience in various different sports, um, at various different age levels. Um, I was really, really yearning to get back into this field after I had my kids and Mm -hmm. it just felt like personal training was, was the fit for me. 
it would allow me to raise my family, but also help others in the fitness field. Um, since we talked last, um, I've also been certified in behavior change, which I awesome. absolutely love using with my clients. That's amazing. Um, and I am for certified as a fitness nutrition coach. Wow. Um, but last Congratulations. Thank you. It's yeah. I, something I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, I am also a patient with PCOS. Mm -hmm. um, I've been advocating for the last six years um, through social media and with the help of the nonprofit PCOS Challenge. Mm -hmm. um, this past September, I received the PCOS Challenge Community Service Award. Very That's proud of you. that. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I, I'm so excited. <laughs> I was so tickled uh, to see that when, when we all got the news and you were so well deserving. Can can we? Um, and I don't want to like cut into like your story, yeah. but like, can we talk about why? Yeah, you were yeah, one of the candidates for for that award um, because um, you literally mm -hmm. light up the world, and I, I mean do. that very literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, shockingly, you know, when I, the first year I did this, I, I never thought I'd be doing it four years later, but, um, what I do is usually from, I want to say about April through August, mm -hmm. I contact thousands of locations, um, with my partner, Charmaine Smith mm -hmm. around the world to light up teal for PCOS awareness month. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, one of the, I just got chills, but yeah, like, so <laughs> When we're on social media in September and we mm -hmm. see all of these landmarks that are lighting up teal, like you are the voice behind that and why that happens and occurs. And I think a lot of times, like, of course, like we're admiring these locations, but we don't realize that there is a PCOS advocate that allowed that to happen. And it may just sound like a teal light on a building, but that is giving us global impact and awareness. And that's why you got that award. You're so deserving of that award because like you are impacting the world and lighting it up too along the way. It's like, <laughs> so proud of you and congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, you know, and in addition to that, you know, because we can't keep it just simple and doing that, you know, taking all my time <laughs> towards lighting. I decided on top of that to make things a little bit more exciting this year and raise more awareness personally. Mm -hmm. um, so in September, I decided to run 100 miles for PCOS with all donations going to PCOS Challenge. So um, <clears throat> due to having PCOS myself and knowing the effects of exercise or long-term exercise on PCOS, right. I am not doing the 100 miles at once. Yeah, I am yeah. in breaking it down into smaller sessions over the course of a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. That being said, every time I run, we share awareness online. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's something that I felt was very important to do. It's bringing attention to PCOS, you know, to people in the community, but mm -hmm. also people that are outside of the community. Right. And, you know, for every run, there's some type of fact or um, different awareness that's brought up about PCOS. Yeah. And, and as a non-runner, um, a hundred miles of, over the course of a few weeks still sounds like a lot of running to me. It is a lot of running. Like, oh, it's not like a hundred straight miles. And I'm like, no. I don't know, like even breaking it up sounds like a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's some weeks after three different runs a week. I'm like, I am tired. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I, I can imagine so. Yeah. Uh, but God, like, thank you. And I'm, I can, you know, speak for the audience, like everybody is so appreciative for 
all of your work for the community as a whole, for the global impact that you're making uh, for the PCOS community and the work that you're doing at PCOS Challenge. Like, um, I know that they are so blessed to have you and like, gosh, I mean, I could obviously sing your praises all the time. I'm a bit biased, but <laughs> man, like, thank you so much for everything that you do. And, you know, because of those things, like I knew whenever I wanted to cover the topic of like exercise and fitness around PCOS. And I know, I know you get these questions too. Like we get a lot of questions about exercising for PCOS and um, it tends to be a lot of like different information out there mm -hmm. and people are really struggling to navigate that. And I know like firsthand, like in my personal journey and as someone who also works in the fitness industry, you can be steered down a dangerous path and in a wrong direction when it comes to PCOS. And so we hope that this episode can bring you some clarity and get you off on the right foot, um, if you will. So Jenny, do you care to share with us? Like, let's just talk about like how fitness impacts PCOS and like how it can help us improve our condition as well. Cause I think that's important to understand that like we get benefits from it. It's not just mm -hmm. an appearance kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, well, patients with PCOS typically have a slower metabolic rate than the average person. So we kind of have to make up for that throughout the day in order to burn a little bit more calories, make our body maintain where we're at already to the point where we're not gaining weight or we're not losing weight. We have to, you know, stay at a certain level. Um, so in order to maintain that, we have to make sure that we're moving throughout the day. As we're doing that, certain activities are going to benefit us a little bit more than others. Okay. Um, so for example, that's an example. Um, I'm sorry. For an example, that's where strength <laughs> training can help us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Strength training really does boost your metabolism. Um, when you're doing a strength training workout, it tends to burn calories past the time that you're working out for almost 36 hours. That's okay. crazy. So you get right? such an amazing benefit yeah. from doing strength training. Um, <clears throat> on top of that, you get the benefit of a quicker, I'm choosing the wrong words. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know. Right I'm so passionate about this. The words are going a mile it's just a all of the information is like there and you don't know how to like bring it out and you want to bring it out in a way that's like easily digestible. I struggle with that sometimes too. Yes. I think people ask me questions. Yeah. Yeah. People ask me questions like, oh, like on a social media live event or something, they'll ask me questions and it's like, I know the answer to this. And I have like all of this scientific information uh -huh. jumping around and in my head like blah 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 exactly <laughs> <laughs> happens to me all the time yeah it's like now that like I don't know what I'm talking about but it's like I know like, so much on this topic that I don't know how to articulate it in a way that yes. you can digest it easily <laughs> like I have a master's degree but I sound like I'm in kindergarten <laughs> yeah so oh um, <laughs> so let's restart where we were here yeah but no I mean like street training or resistance training like does give us so many benefits beyond beyond the calorie burn um yeah. I, I one of the benefits that I have really think that's beneficial is just like it can help us with our hormones like it helps us with those mm -hmm. um growing hormones like uh human growth hormones and it also helps us with our um 
insulin sensitivity and I'll stop here. I know you can keep going, but well, that's where I was going to go. Yeah. I was going to say it, it improves our, our insulin response. That's mm-hmm. the word I was searching for before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It also is going to, the strength training itself is going to help you build lean muscle mass, yeah. um, which in turn is going to help you burn fat. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's going to help you get rid of that spare tire. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, sometimes people go, I want to get rid of spare tire because I want to lose weight. Well, that's great. But really what's going to happen is if you get rid of that spare tire and just lose maybe 5%, 5 to 10% of your body weight, mm-hmm. it's going to help you improve your A1C score. And that's really where it's important. You know, the physical part, yeah, it's beneficial to your mental health sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when we're working out and we're talking about fitness and exercise with PCOS, we really want to improve what's inside. Yeah. And get our bodies that. to work a bit better. Um, and then, but we don't want to just focus on strength training alone. I know some right. people kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this and that and this, but it's going to be all lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, with PCOS, we're also at higher risk for cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. And that's something where we have to incorporate the cardio to help us out. Mm-hmm. So we can do that by incorporating um, HIIT workouts. There's some studies that show that that has become more beneficial. But honestly, you can do it with any type of cardio that works for you. Right. Um, you can go biking. You can go running like I love to do. You can go walking if you're in the winter. You can go skiing mm-hmm. cross country or, you know, mountain climbing. Like there's a lot of cool stuff out there. That right. You Dancing, like hiking. Like, like you're in a box, yeah. you know? Um, Maybe and- that's because, do you think that that could be because of social media? Because it tends to be like your algorithm, right? So like yeah. if you're following someone that's a marathon runner, then you're more likely to see only people who enjoy running for physical activity where, right. you know, I come from a weightlifting background. So I tend to follow weightlifters and mm-hmm. bodybuilders. And so like, that's all you see. And you do get kind of stuck in a box where you forget that there's different modalities of movement that Absolutely. you can enjoy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, myself for the longest time, I love to run. That's just mm-hmm. something that, that I got into. It, it helps me with my anxiety. Um, and I was stuck in that world for a while in social media until mm-hmm. I started veering a little bit off and watching people that started to do triathlons and the funny part is, is as I started veering off in that direction and trying something new, it was actually working better for my body oh, to mix crazy. it up and do yeah. the running and the biking, you know, and the swimming. Yeah. So don't ever get yourself stuck in a box mm-hmm. trying to do some type of fitness activity, try new things. Um, so I'm going to backtrack one more second to the cardio. Sure. Of course. Talk about the benefits because besides the cardiovascular disease, tripping over my words. Um, we're also working on lowering cholesterol because mm-hmm. there are many patients that have high triglycerides or maybe not necessarily have high cholesterol. Your cholesterol could be in range, but your good cholesterol may not be in the right spot. Right. And it's going to help that build that part up for you, um, which in turn will give your body a better immune response. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand, don't um, know that fitness can actually build up your immune system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that for the longest time and I'm, I'm, excuse me, but I'm just going to blame diet culture on this, but 
you know, I grew up believing that the reason why I need to exercise is to lose weight and to Uh improve my appearance. And even though I logically and intellectually understand that that's not the case, it is so hard sometimes for us to like break out of that conditioned thought that, you know, I'm mainly just exercising so that I look better. And I think that that's where a lot of people with PCOS struggle, because especially like what is one of the most common lazy forms of treatment for PCOS is just lose weight. So like we just get so focused on that and we don't really look at it from the standpoint of, hey, if you're getting more active, if you're, you know, bringing in some movement that fits your body best, like you're not only improving, yes, probably some of that appearance, probably some of that mental health. Like a lot of us tend to use you know, exercise as a form of stress management and stuff, but it's like, it's improving your hormones. It's improving your blood sugar management. It's improving your cardiovascular uh, conditions, like reducing your risk of having those health risks down the line. It's improving your cholesterol, uh, your libido, like a lot of the things that people with PCOS are struggling with Mm-hmm. It's Even improving all of those areas, but you can't yeah. see that in a before and after photo. You can't Absolutely see that not. in a gym nope. picture or yep. a yoga photo or, you know, a mm-hmm. marathon, you know, photo, like it's, it's this internal work that makes fitness in PCOS so important, the important yeah. piece of the puzzle. Right. That's why I always say it's so important to focus on those non-scale victories to see 100%. where you're coming from, because it'll tell you a much bigger story. Yeah, it will. And and that kind of like leads us into, because I know we've, we've already mentioned like several different things that you can do to get your body moving. But this is like, uh, you know, cueing the pop quiz with the trick question here. What is that best exercise for PCOS? Because if we're on social, if we're on Dr. Google, we're in the support groups, we are getting so many conflicting information and so much, you know, different opinions. So is there a best exercise for PCOS? Yes. Yes. One that you're going to do. (laughs) (laughs) You, my heart kind of stopped. And I was like, Jenny, Jenny, you stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yes, the one that you're going to do, the one that you enjoy. And that's, I tell people all the time, I'm like, they all work. They do. It's just whether or not a particular one works for you. That's the mm-hmm. question. You're yeah. asking the wrong question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to PCOS, um, a lot of people will say like resistance training is the mm-hmm. best or hit is the best, but then you have people saying, no, you shouldn't do high intensity exercises and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Can you maybe talk a little bit about like why do we have this misconception on these different modalities of exercise and their benefit for PCOS? Because people chose to do studies on them. That's the only reason that those consistently come up over and over. There have not been a lot mm-hmm. of people that have been doing studies on other types of exercise. Right, um, right. They have, they have shown positive results with strength training, with mm-hmm. HIIT workouts, um, but that doesn't mean that they're showing negative results with other workouts. Right. That's a, that's a very great way to put it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me about the nutrition spectrum of PCOS because um, like, I'll just use the example of like, cause I just had to do uh, a, a research paper on this, but like the ketogenic diet, for instance, for PCOS does yield some positive results, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it should be ranked supreme because those same exact positive results that, that we were able to achieve in those studies with that type of diet 
was also achieved in like the DASH diet or a Mediterranean diet or the low inflammatory diet where your intake was like 50 to 55% carbohydrates and lower, you know, or moderate intake of fat. So it was just interesting of like, it's kind of like, I think sometimes in the fitness space, people tend to like cherry pick the evidence that science gives us and was like, oh, well, this study said that, you know, I'll just use an example of HIT, like HIT is the best option. Mm-hmm. And so that's all that they talk about. But there's also other studies that can give us the same results that HIT does mm-hmm. in a different modality. And then we also got to be mindful that for some people, A, it's not enjoyable, so they're not going to do it. So yep. that automatically knocks it out of the best exercise. But B, for some people, it could actually be counterproductive. Have you seen right. that as yeah. well? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and some people low and slow will work. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it, it really depends on your past history, what your blood work is showing. There's a lot that goes into trying to figure out what works for you. Um, mm-hmm. in addition to that, how you're feeling after your workout, if that. you are absolutely drained, it is not going to be the workout for you to continue with. It's, mm-hmm. it's something where you really have to listen to your body and figure out what's working best. Cause what works great for me is not going to work great for you. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm assuming, like, I'm thinking about the studies I've seen. So like, as far as the exercise that's actually been studied, we've seen resistance training, yoga, mm-hmm. HIT, mm-hmm. which is high intensity interval training. Correct. And yeah. then I think low intensity steady state yeah, cardio so has been as well. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Um, yeah, like what more. else has there been, is that, is that really kind of the gist of it? Of what's been, yeah, actually- you know, I've, I've done so many searches yeah. for this and it's really the only four that keep coming up. Mm. And I'm also, just, and even just the like ones, I'm your, sorry. do what? No, sorry. I, I was going to say, even the ones, the studies that are out there, they're not a ton of them. It's yeah. Like, well, there's, and there's, there's, I'm sure all of them are concluding with the fact that we, we need to look into this a little bit more. There needs mm-hmm. to be either higher participant rates of different controls, longer Mm -hmm. durations and, you know, um, and even like having them peer reviewed because I don't know for sure that they've been reviewed because there isn't much other to like say about it. There's not that much other studies on it. Um, But also like, I feel that um, in like, and I'm not like saying anything. I mean, I, I went through personal training education myself, but like in a personal training niche, um, there tends to be like that general idea of like move less. I mean, excuse me, move more, eat less. And um, even the studies that support that, like calories in, calories out. So how much you're taking in versus how much you're burning and so on. Those studies aren't necessarily even done on a large community of PCOS participants. They're not mm-hmm. done long-term and things like that. And I find it seems like, and I had this personal experience that a lot of the personal trainers don't even know like how to address people with PCOS and how their body is metabolically different compared. No, to not at all. That, that's how without. I ended up in this field to begin with. Yeah. I had oh, I personal that. trainers of my own that I was basically teaching along the way and they kept going, well, why are you here? If you know all this, I said, I need the accountability. Yeah. Almost all of the coaches, trainers, provide like we all have to have someone else too like people don't mm-hmm. realize that like and, and yeah. sometimes like 
Like for me, for instance, it's like, I, I make decisions for other people all day, every day. I just need someone to tell me what to do. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. think about it anymore. Yeah, I don't want to think about my own <laughs> health interests, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, it's really interesting. Like with the science, I hope that one day we, we do see like more research and have a, a better understanding. But I think that you made a really great point of like, when it comes to the best exercise, what you enjoy, but also does your body enjoy that back? And, and right. you mentioned that kind of earlier. What are some of those signs that like, hey, this might not be the best workout or the best exercise regimen for you? Um, you know, like I said, if, if you're, well, number one, if you're finding that your body is showing some type of inflammation, like really bad mm -hmm. inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, number two, if you know, you're just feeling that really drained exhaustion feeling where your body, you know, it's normal to feel exhausted after a workout. Right. I'll put that out there. But if you're feeling exhausted 24 hours after a workout, your body has not recovered from that. That's your signal that something may not be right if it's consistently happening over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know like for me, so I, I think just because we're, we know each other on a personal level, like you have had some moments in your training, like for your marathons, where your body did kind of tip over that edge into overtraining, yeah. correct? And correct. with that, like you were noticing that exhaustion and like with the inflammation, a lot of times people will ask her like, what does that mean? I don't know about for you, but for me, like my joints ache, yes. like my body just felt like sore to the touch. Like you could I couldn't close my hands. Oh yeah, that's like, swollen, yeah, like your fingers. I couldn't close my hands up. Yeah. Yeah. And your toes get like really swollen and stuff too. I remember going to a chiropractor and just like just taking your thumb and like even like pressing it into my mouth. Like if I would have went and got a massage, it would have just hurt so much mm -hmm. because like my whole body was just ate up with inflammation. And yeah. he was working up and down my spine and he even was like, wow, like you have mm -hmm. so much inflammation. But another thing too is um if your sleep gets impacted. So mm -hmm. a lot of times, like we think, oh, if you do like a really hard workout and it's, it's going to make you go to sleep easier, but sometimes that can impact your cortisol and cortisol tends to like impact your circadian rhythm and throws off your melatonin and things like that. So you can find yourself mm -hmm. waking up at the early hours of the morning and can't go back to sleep. And I also noticed my digestion started shutting down. So, I mean, like being able to have like, um, you know, smooth, easy bowel movement started to become harder and harder for me. And mm -hmm. that impacts your hormones. It impacts, you know, your immunity, that inflammation component. So like there were so many things and you're just talking about how, okay, let's just put it out there that like, you can be tired after a workout that just brought like kind of like so much back to me of like, whenever I was going through that stage of overtraining, all of those red flags that I found in my body were normalized in the fitness space, because that's what you're supposed to experience. So like whenever mm -hmm. I was experiencing DOMS delayed onset muscle soreness, three or four days later, I wasn't recovering and I didn't give my body time to recover. I was just going right back into the gym and training hard on top of it. People were like, oh, well, like you're supposed to feel like that. You're supposed to feel like crap. The person that trains the hardest suffers the most. And it was like, mm -hmm. okay, like, so I had that like mentality of like, well, I must be doing great because I feel like shit all the time, <laughs> 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 you know? And then, and then, you know, so 
I just feel like that's kind of that narrative. I'm glad that we're talking about this of like, yeah, it's okay to like feel tired after your workout, but like, sometimes I think we wear that badge of honor and take that a little bit too far. Like if you can't finish out the rest of your day because you're still so exhausted, like that's a huge red flag. That's not a badge of honor. That's not something that you should be proud of. Like that's something that should tell you like, Hey, it's time to deload. It's time to like, take a break, breath, let your body recover because you're not recovering well. Right. You know, and some of the other problems sometimes is your androgens, your levels of androgens can change. So like for Mm -hmm. me, my testosterone rose and like, I know my body long enough at this. I've had my PCOS diagnosis for like 25 years. Yeah. So when something shifts, I know when it shifts. Mm -hmm. So for me, all of a sudden, you know, I was getting a little extra hair, the cystic acne was happening. And that was my red flag. Like, oh, we got to go get something checked and see if we're on the right spot here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's a great point. Another sign would be the loss of your cycle and mm-hmm. the increased PCOS symptoms. So yeah. um, like if you are getting more hair, you lost your cycle, maybe you're losing hair on your head and like all of those things like that, that's tell, telling us that like, this is not being productive for, for you at all. And sometimes I think we have to set our ego aside. Like that was really hard for mm-hmm. me because I was I kind of gained this reputation of this badass that goes into the gym on an average of six, seven days a week. And, you know, I was getting up to like, uh, you know, squatting almost double my body weight. I was deadlifting 300 plus pounds and like, you know, was doing all of these things. And then when I got really sick due to overtraining and all these other stuff, um, I remember like starting yoga, like, because that's Mm -hmm. kind of like, I kind of needed to like ground myself and like really lower the intensity. And it was so hard for me to put my ego aside and be like, no, I'm a body, you know, builder and I'm a weightlifter and you want me to roll out a yoga mat every day. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, but then I ended up falling in love with that too. It was like not putting myself in that box. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's our ego that keeps us in that box. And, and social media, I think played a, a little bit of a role in that as well. But um, what do you think are some of those like misconceptions about exercise around PCOS that we see? Um, One of the things that I hear people feel like they have to exercise for hours and hours to try and lose weight. That's a good one. And, you know, that I try to debunk that one so often because it, it almost hurts my heart because it's like you're giving up your life to do this, you know, just to solely lose weight. And I try and take the focus of losing weight and, and turn it just like you do and turn it into balancing what's going on inside. Because once you start doing that, everything else kind of starts to follow afterwards. Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, I would say like one of the bis- biggest misconceptions in addition to that is, is the certain modalities of training that are deemed either evil or best. Like yes. I, I it, like yep, if you haven't already one. caught on, like it is so variable dependent. And mm-hmm. um, you know, there are all times people will reach out to me and be like, well, I heard this was uh heard hit training was was good for PCOS and then I heard it wasn't good for PCOS. Like which should I do? And kind of like you mentioned earlier, there's so much more that goes into it. And 
as some a stranger on the internet, I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question for you because I don't know a lot of things. And that's what we do as providers. When we work with our clients one-on-one, we get to learn like their, their lifestyles and their, their hormone levels and their histories and things like that. For some people, I could look, say, hey, hit training for you a few times a week could probably be phenomenal. And if you enjoy it, even better. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people like myself, like if I started doing hit three times a week, you would see my PCOS come back like with a vengeance and just take over my life. It really would, yeah. <laughs> you know, so having those labels on these different modalities of, of exercise, I think it's kind of hurting us in a way. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so individualized. Like when you hear something like that online, it's <clears throat> realize it's not something that's always going to happen to you. It's a generalized statement. It's something mm-hmm. to research a bit more um, and really take a look at it a bit more closely. Just yeah. because it's out there online doesn't mean it's going to affect you directly. Yeah. And I think I can speak for a lot of people a lot of times when we are talking about topics like um, how responses are made. It's, it's like the general population. Like this typically happens for the general population. But then you do have some people out there that have an axe to grind or have a, a, a general motive of like maybe they maybe they hate weightlifting. So they're going to tell you that you should only do yoga. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's really confusing. And I, I would say another misconception because um, I know you're an advocate for resistance training mm-hmm. and I obviously am too. Um, but I know there are a lot of people that hate weightlifting and resistance training. And it's like, you don't, you don't have to do that. Like you could totally yeah. do some of these other things too. Um, so that could be one of those big misconceptions. I think I see a lot of times, like people feel really discouraged and almost feel like it's their fault that they can't make their PCOS better because they don't like weightlifting. And right. I'm like, well, oh, they're scared no. of it. Like, you know, thinking they're going to get big and bulky and like, oh yeah, that one too, not, you know, that one's out there a lot. And it's just, you know, different types of training build your body in a different way. So mm-hmm. your results are not going to make you big and bulky if that's not your ultimate goal. Yeah. Know? I tell people all the time, I'm like, trust me, I tried <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a figure competitor. And, and I remember when I was in that space, I used to think like, mm-hmm. well, eventually I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to have to level out a figure and go into physique, which is what mm-hmm. you, used to be this uh, a division in bodybuilding that kind of took over women's bodybuilding so like the really bulky hulky women like that was that was my vision for myself in the future and it's like trust me like I'm in here like pumping the iron all the time and I I still can't get quite big enough (laughs) Uh you know even with the good even with my good androgens uh in my corner (laughs) just not there (laughs) it's really interesting too just like uh sharing personal stories you talked about like your training like um you know the way your hormones shifted your androgens went up Mm -hmm. where uh, or your testosterone went up there's more than just just testosterone when it comes to androgens I, I was the opposite so whenever I was uh, was competing, I had absolutely almost no testosterone. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my adrenals and were just totally shot at that point. So that stress hormone that the adrenals uh, produce, like cortisol, 
um, eventually it couldn't keep up with the demands and you kind of have like, not to get super science but you, you, you kind of have like these hormone steals. Like for instance, mm-hmm. like progesterone is a really easy hormone for your body to steal away from. So like cortisol, for instance, if it doesn't have enough of what it needs to get the job done, it likes to steal away from progesterone to create more cortisol to do what it needs to do like progesterone is just really nice like that like sure you can have me and it really sucks for people with PCOS because that's that hormone that helps us ovulate and do a lot of these amazing things so I was so down that path of like under eating and overtraining that I was like my progesterone was gone my estrogen was gone my testosterone was gone like I was starting to like I had no cortisol left hardly The only thing that I had was some of those other adrenal androgens that were out the roof, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. out the roof. And so when I went to the doctor and had my testosterone checked and it came back like almost non-existent, she was like, oh, that's great. Like, you're (laughs) fine. Like you have PCOS, this should be high, but you don't have any. So like, you should be doing great. And I'm like, um, I have cystic acne all over my body and Mm -hmm. my hair is falling out and I have no more periods. Like, you know, I was dealing with all those super energy. I just just wanted to share, like, that's the reason why it's so individualized because even with us both having overtraining experiences in our life, it still showed up in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh my gosh, like where, like what all have we covered? I know we talked about like the science and like the benefits, the, the different modalities, finding what works for you. Oh, do we have to have a gym or a personal trainer or a coach or some kind of like plan to be successful when it comes to bringing fitness into our, our regimen? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You okay. know, it, is That's it good helpful? To know. Is it helpful? Yeah. But it depends on where you're going. If it's just something like, you know, you want to get more fit, you want to move more, pick an activity, pick several activities, just do it a couple of days a week. Um, You know, you can work three to four times a week, you know, and and kind of keep it around 30, 40 minutes and become very fit. Mm -hmm. Trainers, coaches, gym memberships, that's when like you have a really big set goal in mind. You want the accountability or you have a goal and you're not sure how to get there. Right, right. You need a little bit more guidance. And accountability yeah. has like, even like with a gym membership, like I, I have a few clients, for instance, just this week, we talked about like, they have all the capacity in the world to like practice like grounding yoga, you know, like they, they really need to tap into parasympathetic. They want to do yoga. They enjoy it, but they find themselves, um, like I can do this. I enjoy it when I do this, but I'm not as consistent as I want to be. Mm-hmm. So that's a good time. If it's in your means to join a yoga studio that mm-hmm. has a schedule that keeps you accountable and you show up and you're more consistent with your goals. And right. so like that can be helpful, but I think a lot of times people, or even like, maybe you're not in that financial position to afford a trainer or coach or membership and, and things like that. Like, especially in, I live out in, in the country. I think you live in a more city. I know gym memberships are not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yoga studios are not cheap. And so they kind of become a luxury, but it's good to know that like, you could totally do this um, without having to invest in a lot of those things. Uh, what did you do? Like, when, when you started making fitness a, a big priority, like what was your like first step exercise habit that kind of helped you? Shockingly walking. That was mine too. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it was something that I like, you know, I had the background there, but it was something that I knew wasn't going to be really stressful on my right. body at the time. And, you know, I told you I've been an athlete my whole life, mm-hmm. but I went, I went through the roller coaster of like a couple of years, not really being there. You know, I gave birth mm-hmm. to my kids. I wasn't sleeping well. Fitness was not a top priority in my life at that That's point. That's a good point too, though. Like you may not be in the season where you can prioritize that. Right. So like, that's okay. Yeah, for me, it was just like, okay, let's throw the baby in the stroller. We're going to just go walk for a couple yeah. miles. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it works. It benefited both of us because yeah. I got the baby out in the fresh air. We were bonding, but I was also getting the exercise we needed and it cleared my head. Mm-hmm. So that was just something that, yeah. that worked for me. Um, I think walking quite literally is the most underrated form of exercise and movement and fitness, especially for PCOS. Like mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't realize, like they, like when they start working with me, they, they automatically assume that they're going to get like this fitness plan and everything else. And I'm like, I just need you to walk five days a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please just walk for me because it gives you not only the, the cardiovascular benefits, mm-hmm. but your mental health benefits if you can get outside like you said like there's actually studies done on uh blue and green space I don't know if you've seen that but like talking about like being around bodies of water or nature and the benefits and the impact that it has on like our parasympathetic system and I mean our immune system like so many things and I don't like how can we make walking cool again because people act like it's not enough and I'm like it literally does all of the things that we need it's cool when you listen to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, you know, still like that, that whole cliche of like make walking great again. Like, do not do that. Do not hashtag that. But like, can we just make it cool? Like, can we please, like, can we start sharing social media photos of us just on a freaking walk? Like oh, not a gym picture, amazing. not a crazy, cool, badass yoga pose. I know yeah. all that stuff is amazing. I'm here for it. But like, just take a picture or a selfie of you walking and tag us, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I want to share. Absolutely that. love that. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see you walking. Um, and and as crazy Bonus as it sounds, by a lake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've actually um, because I want to be mindful of like not everybody's in the same position. Maybe you don't have access to like a safe place to walk or or something like that. Like, I have literally walked in my house before back and mm-hmm. forth every day in my small house like mm-hmm. put in a uh, put in a podcast preferably this one no <laughs> you know put you know listen to something that you enjoy or something and walk back and forth like hey maybe it's not the best scenery but like it can be really helpful or in your daily life you can increase your steps like don't take the elevators park further out in your parking mm-hmm. lot you know if you take little shortcuts at your job on walking like take the longer way around and just like how in your everyday day-to-day life without being in- inclusive to your schedule you know it doesn't add an extra you know 20 30 minutes or however long your exercise is just add more steps in your day and that can count make up a lot yeah really. even something as simple as like if you're going to a department store park on the far end of where you're going to go shopping mm-hmm. and walk through the store something you know it, you'd be surprised how much that adds to your day mm-hmm. it does add up over time yeah, I, um, something that I've done, um, and I'm, I'm trying to tell myself this winter to be better because I hate the cold. I don't know how you do it up north. Like, I, I hate the cold. And I know you're usually out there running. It just blows my mind. But I, I also do laps around my house. We joke. Oh, <laughs> it's like, you know, 
It's like I'm shocked I haven't worn through my carpet because it's the same <laughs> room every day. Back every, and all forth. the time. Yeah. I like I have like a little um, like my backyard kind of like makes a circle and I could easily like walk my backyard, but also like my driveway, like to my mailbox or like the end of my little road because mm-hmm. I do live out in the middle of nowhere. So there's not a lot of traffic. So I've like told myself like especially on the days that I'm working, like I need to start making like pausing a little bit just to take a five to 10 minute walk and then come back in. I've told myself I'm going to be better about that during the colder month. Um, Actually, I'm like researching right now on the impact of like, like cold weather, ice bath, like jumping into cold oh, oceans. It's yeah. yeah, like the, the health benefits. And so it's like, oh my gosh, like Letitia, you have got to like, just get used to it. Even like taking cold showers. That's kind of like, me trying to like practice that a little bit more mm-hmm. like at the end of my shower like I'll turn it on ice cold and like try to get myself to like breathe through that and 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 prepare myself for that but um those little things like just adding like little snippets of walking in my day it doesn't have to be a planned you know 30 minute walk if you can do that that's great but maybe you just do like little small ones like I'm just going to walk to the end of my driveway and back Mm -hmm. and I'll do that a few times in my day and then that's going to add up what I ended up doing I know everybody's situation is different like but for me like we have to park to come pick our kids up from school we don't Mm -hmm. drive through I know some schools do the drive through so I actually park where the kids are but I'll arrive 10 minutes early and walk around the entire school and then come back to the start before I pick my kids up. Yeah. I'll make yeah. that conscious effort to take that extra 10 minutes out of my day just to make sure that I'm moving at that point in the day. You know, that kind of answers like one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was like, how do we begin a fitness journey? Let's say like you're currently not doing exercise. You don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that is a really good place to be like, where in your day, like right now, can you throw in something that doesn't take up a lot of time? Um, you know, it's funny you ask because you and I both know our schedules are absolutely insane. So <laughs> trying to fit in a regular workout, especially as we head towards winter becomes like really hard for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, there's a couple different ways. So for me, I have a Fitbit. So I make sure that I know I'm moving around throughout the day mm-hmm. because I will sit down at my computer and do work all day long. If I don't have that little reminder that says, get up yeah. and move, take a hundred steps right now. Okay. But you can also set a timer in your phone. You can make a conscious effort. If you're in the office, if you're lucky enough to be in an office right now, cause I know not mm-hmm. everyone is when you get up to take your coffee break, make sure you go around twice or make, you know, do, take do an extra lap style. around. As you said before, the stairs, I mean, it's just making a comp- conscious effort to take a more active route. That's the phrasing I use with my clients all mm-hmm. the time. Just take a more active route throughout. Yeah. The yeah. I know for me, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I understand like this is not accessible for everyone, but like you can even see like as we're recording this, I have my cycle, my bike in, mm-hmm. in the background. And, you know, I was um, actually telling one of my colleagues the other day, I was like, you know, I, it, the cycle is probably the best thing for me. Like I struggle to still find where to fit fitness into my lifestyle right now because my, I'm just 
so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally understand busy schedules, but I'm like, you know, at least whenever I'm on the cycle, I can either be doing a live with my community and talking to people that way. I can be watching one of my recorded lectures from, from school or from work, you know, where I work, we, we constantly have uh, meetings, we, we have uh, conferences and things like that. So I can be learning while I'm doing it, um, you know, or I could be totally you know, giving my mind a break and be listening to a podcast or watching a Netflix show or something that I enjoy while I'm on the bike where I can't do that if I go into the gym and weightlift as much as I love weightlifting. It's so hard for me to fit in right now because I can't multitask it. You know, like when I'm weightlifting, I have to be in that zone. I have to be mindful of my movement. I'm concerned about my form. I'm concerned about my, my rest, my recovery, like all of those things. I can't be listening to my lectures or that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. while I'm weightlifting. So that's why I like cycling for me in my current season has been like the most benefit because it's like, oh, I could I could do this and also get this accomplished at the same time. Right. Well, it's <laughs> funny you mentioned multitasking because that's one of the things that I do now. It, it sounds so silly, but like for me, I've been living in a two-story house. Mm-hmm. When I fold my laundry, my laundry is folded in my living room and I make them into separate piles. On a day I'm really, really busy, it goes in the laundry basket. We make one trip upstairs. On yeah. a day where I have a little extra time to spare, we take one pile at a time and go up the stairs, put it in the drawer, come back down, take the next pile. So all of a sudden, you know, I've taken yeah. 10, strip, you know, 10 trips up the stairs instead of the one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's little tiny things like that that you add throughout the day that's really going to start getting you into the face. I mean, doing stairs 10 times throughout the day or right. in a short period of time, you'd be surprised how much that adds. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That, that's one thing that like, right now with me being on campus for my education, I tend to have to go up a lot of flight of stairs in like the parking garage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then I'm walking a good distance, like to and from class. And, you know, um, there for a little while, I kind of like had this hard talk with myself of like, you haven't prioritized your workouts. Like you haven't, mm-hmm. like, you ha- like, where do you fit those into your day? And I know that there are some people listening to this that, have have or having that same struggle of like hey I need five extra hours a day and you're asking me to take one of the hours that I do have and put a workout in there like mm-hmm. how am I supposed to do that and so I was even struggling with that of like you know Letitia you've got to get together you've got to find an hour to to put right. your workout in there somewhere and I finally had to be like you know what, three days a week, you're walking a lot, you're going up and down stairs. And mm-hmm. those days that you aren't on campus, like when you can, you find the time to hop on your cycle. Like, are you in the gym weightlifting? Like you probably wish you could No, but this is your current season. This is where you're at. And this is what you need to like, you need to be okay with this. <laughs> like there's right. always that gym is not going anywhere. Right. You know, <laughs> it's aren't going anywhere. Exactly. Like I talk to my clients, I have quite a few clients that have a busy schedule like I do. And they're just Mm -hmm. like, there's no way I can fit this 40 minutes in. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if you can fit 20 minutes in, maybe do half your workout, do two sets out of the three or, you know, make time to play with your kids, go run outside with them, play basketball a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to find what's going to work to make your routine stick. It doesn't have to be a structured workout, but if you get a routine of active movement throughout the week, that's your best start. That's Mm -hmm. where you get to a place where I like doing this. It feels good to do it. It's a nice endorphin boost. 
but it doesn't have to be perfect. It, right. And, and I think that a lot of the change is it's, perfection. It's, lifelong fitness is super important to me. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I, yes. I, you know, I think it comes from the philosophy that I learned while I was um, taking my phys ed courses, mm-hmm. just how important lifelong fitness was because, you know, team sports are great, but you hit a point in your life where it might not be feasible anymore. And you have to find out how to stay active as you're getting older or how it's right. going to benefit you in your health and how it's going to keep you from going to the doctor as you get older. Mm-hmm. So if you can incorporate some type of fitness or exercise within your life on a daily basis, it's only going to benefit you in the end. You don't want to make it something that you're going to hate. That you're, yeah, that you're going to resent and not want to do. I feel like that's counterproductive. I'm like, if you don't enjoy this and it stresses you out, like, why are we doing this? Because like that's not benefiting your health, regardless of the quote unquote health benefits of whatever that modality of of movement is. And Mm -hmm. I think that you also made a really great point of the fact that like we you know, put so much emphasis on like your workout and, and forget that the time outside of your workout matters and what you do in that time, like you said, like just your general active movement adds yeah. up. And uh, there's a big misconception, like back to our misconception question of like, you don't have to work out for an hour. And I actually asked a group of people recently, I'm like, why do you think that we came up with this idea that you have to work out for a solid hour? And I got lots of like answers of like, oh, you know, it's because like that's, that's, you know, how long it takes to to complete this and do this and that. And I was like, no, the answer is because personal trainers didn't know how to charge someone for Mm -hmm. 45 minutes. So they charged you for a block of 60 minutes and it just carried over. And people now believe that you have to be active for a solid hour to gain benefits. You can Mm -hmm. literally go on a 10 minute walk a day, but then also be mindful of your active movement outside of that and still gain the benefits of, of your activity level. Like it doesn't have to be this structured one hour fit into your day. And I'm guilty of this from the past. And I'm sorry for anybody that ever had to hear me say this stupid crap, but this whole like idea of like, oh, you're just coming up with excuses. You're not making it a priority. You can find an hour where, where, (laughs) ma'am and sir, where, uh, you know, if a 22 year old single personal trainer tells me that I'm just not prioritizing myself Mm -hmm. because I'm not finding an hour, as a mom who's typically alone because her husband works off and I have two kids and we have ball games and I have a full-time job that never ends. And I'm also a Mm -hmm. full-time student that commutes four hours once, you know, three days a week. Like, please tell me where that hour is supposed to come and how I'm being lazy. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I hate myself for like being wrapped up in it. That's that stupid mentality of like, oh, you know, no excuses. You're just making excuses. And now it's like, if like, if you're listening to this and I ever said that to you, I'm genuinely sorry. You know what it is though? It's like, you don't know until you experience it yourself. Until you're, yeah. You until how until, bad it can get. <laughs> until you like remove yourself. Yep. Like this is not like everybody's life is not set up just like yours. Mm-hmm. Like some people literally do not have that hour out of their day to to hit the gym, Bob. I'm sorry. (laughs) I remember like we brought, you know, my third baby home and I wasn't sleeping at all because I had two kids under three that Uh were just not sleeping through the night. And I kept saying to myself, there is no way I'm fitting anything into this day. Like you just don't have the energy for it. You don't have the time for it. You're running back and forth. It's just... And it's not, not at that point. It's, it's not, not for lack of wants. 
Yeah, it's like, I would be like, go take a nap instead. Mm -hmm. Spend that hour taking a nap. (laughs) Like, it's not going to help you. And I've recently started like sharing with people like your workout regimen needs to be the opposite of what your lifestyle looks like. So if you have um, kind of like Jenny and I both right now are in the season where we are just like running on all ends, we're super chaotic and super busy it may not be the best idea to have like a super intense workout regimen. You're mm-hmm. just stacking stress on top of stress. So like for me right now, as much as I would love to, hey, getting in some really amazing, powerful weight training sessions probably aren't the best for me. Doing my walking, doing my meditation, which is still a form of exercise, breath work yep. is a form of exercise, uh, getting on my cycle, like that it has to be like the opposite of what my lifestyle looks like now eventually one of these days my lifestyle is going to be a little bit easier I'm not going to be quite as stressed I'm going to have a little bit more time that's when I'm going to start increasing that intensity and being like yeah we can totally hit the gym and start going ham for -hmm. for lack of better words I'm looking forward to that day but a lot of times like we don't realize that our lifestyle can dictate the way you should probably move your body yeah, you know, that's that's the unfortunate part about having PCOS is everything around you is affecting what's going on inside of you. And, you know, it took me years to understand that because when I first started doing not not training, but when I was training with someone else, for me, it was all about the weight loss. It, I, I'll 100% admit up Same. to that. It was all about the weight loss. And I was working out with a trainer three times a week, an hour a piece. And the days that I wasn't with the trainer, I was running four days a week. And, you know, you run yourself ragged and I'm doing it with two small children. I'm doing workouts 11 p.m. at night because they had to get in. And I have come so far from that. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, you just gave me flashbacks of my, I know (laughs) my competition prep, the three out like at 3 a.m. in in the freaking gym. And one day Mm -hmm. I actually fell asleep on the freaking elliptical. I believe it. Yeah. And, and people were like, how do you fall asleep on the elliptical? I don't know, but I did. And, um, you know, now looking back, I should have never been there. I should have no. been home asleep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and now I'm coming to a point where like the last two weeks, I took the last two weeks off mm-hmm. because I recognize now when the body is starting to turn a little bit and you're like, you know, you need some rest. I needed a nap yesterday. I took a nap. And, you know, it's important to recognize what's going on around you and how much your body is giving, not only physically, but what's going on in your head, like the amount of stress that's coming with work uh, and your families and the amount of stress that you're putting on your body by doing a workout, it plays a huge part in how your body's going to respond. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something you have to pay attention to. And it's crazy though, because we live in a society that like celebrates us running ourselves ragged though, because like if I shared like on social media, like, oh, look at me, I'm such a badass. Like I work out even when I'm going to fall asleep on an elliptical, like, you know, like that's like, (laughs) people are like, heck yeah, beast mode, look at you, body goals, you know, Mm -hmm. hashtag awesome. Like, are you kidding me? Why would nobody step up and be like, Letitia, no, like, right, exactly. Go go to sleep. What are you doing at the gym at three o'clock in the morning? You know, like, why are you doing that? And that's what pushes you to go to the next one because people are like, yes, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I remember at that point in time, I had a very stressful lifestyle. I was going through a lot of traumatic things. I was working night shift as a nurse. So I would work 12 hours. I had a one hour commute. So after working 12 hours through the night, 
with the, you know, going through a lot of life stuff, under eating, go to the gym, you know, early hours of the morning and then train two hours and then barely go home enough time to like get a little bit of sleep, which was probably hard because I was pumping the caffeine, pumping the Mm pre-workout, all of those stimulants just to be able to keep running myself. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I think about the personal trainers that I've had in my life of like, oh, you have PCOS. So this is going to be harder for you. So that means that you actually need to eat less than someone that doesn't have PCOS. And you also need to train even harder. I can't tell you how many sessions in the gym that I was literally crying. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I'm a dedicated person. I know I sacrifice a lot of things and I work really, really hard for my goals. Like, I want this. I'm hungry for this. But I'm telling you, I can't go anymore. And them looking at me and saying, it's just going to get harder. You're going to have to Mm -hmm. push harder. And it kind of planted that seed in my head that like, because I have PCOS, like I have to punish myself mm-hmm. to be able to achieve what I wanted, which at that time was with a lower, you know, smaller body, a lower body right. weight, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And one thing I think could be helpful to hear, like if you are in a season where, you know, hey, like you have a very heavy, admirable goal. I'm not here to say like running a marathon is not a goal you should have. You know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a goal of competing in bodybuilding or or CrossFit or or powerlifting, like, or any of those things. Like, I think those are awesome goals to have. But if you have PCOS, I do think that you need to make sure that you're working with someone that understands PCOS well and being mindful of like your, your labs, your hormones, what that looks like and if you're training and you can tell me what your opinion is I know from the weightlifting standpoint if you're training really hard for like let's say six weeks then you need to take the next week or two and deload like Mm -hmm. bring down that intensity uh lessen your frequency rest more that kind of thing I'm sure that's probably the same in marathons too Mm -hmm. Like, not, yeah. not for the typical person, but with PCOS, but with, yeah. Yeah. I've learned that for myself. Yes, it's definitely, you're going to have to plan. I come back stronger when I take those weeks to slow down. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, like, let's just take PCOS aside and take professional athletes, like NFL football players. Like they have now learned that like, when you put them in like one to two year off seasons, they come back performing better. Yep. Like you can't just take someone, an athlete of any kind, whether it's, it's a swimming or whatever it is you can't just keep pushing these people into the ground and expect their performance to improve. Like you have to rest and repair that that's exactly like if if for those of us that have been personal trainers or have been through the education, like the general, like energy ATP, the way that that works, there has to be a moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) in time that you give yourself a break. You give yourself a rest for you to be able to accumulate the energy to, to produce the the activity or the movement, the power, this, you know, the the stuff that you're trying to achieve, your body has to do that as well. It just is on a larger scale. And so I think sometimes too, that could be a mental component of like, I know for me, when I was in that space, I mentally would not allow myself to deload and to step Mm -hmm. back until I got sick because I was so wrapped up in my ego and in my image and in the praise that I was getting from people on social media. I can say all this looking back now, you know, Mm -hmm. that I was so wrapped up into that, that like, I was not willing to take a two week break to allow my body to be healthier because I was so afraid. I don't know. I guess I was afraid of, of losing my title as a fit person. I don't, I don't yeah, know what no, I was so I know, afraid I've been of. There. 
I've absolutely been there. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. This is so, so much good stuff. Like I, I don't even know what all we covered now, but like, I know we, I think we kind of segued a little bit. I hope bit, you but. had your pen and paper. <laughs> this is a lot of information, but I think at the end of the day, we're trying to just inform you that like, there is no like one quote unquote best exercise. And mm-hmm. it really comes down to your individual needs. And if you are the type of person that needs to do really intense training for whatever sport that you're into, just please be mindful and take those, um, you know, those proactive steps to make sure that your PCOS and your health long-term are not impacted. I would never wish this on anyone, but I wish more people knew, like it took me three years to recover my health after getting so sick from overtraining and under eating three Mm -hmm. years. And there were some other things that were mixed into that, that created a perfect storm. But I am, my story is really common. You just don't hear people talking about it. Yeah. You know, and even with you, like you, I know you have, um, you had some pretty low points where your health got greatly impacted from your. Oh, your, goodness. Yeah. I don't know if I even want to go there today. Yeah. Well, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I know. We, yeah. No, yeah. It, it's like every year something came up, but yeah, it's, it's you know, hard really- to, it's hard to bring your body back. And we were talking about this actually before, before the show of like, sometimes I think people think that they got lucky like you I'm just going to use bodybuilding as an example because that's just where my background is and and that's what I know like your first show it may not impact your PCOS that much and you may have gotten lucky okay Mm -hmm. by your second show some some things are probably going to start showing up the more that you keep doing it it's going to be impossible for you to overlook and you're going to get really sick and you're going to go down this like long path of, of having to unlearn everything that you thought you knew mm-hmm. to be true about fitness and health and PCOS. Yeah. And the more, the longer it took for you to finally get to that point, the longer it's probably going to take for you to regain your health. I love the quote of like, if I have you walk five miles into the woods, how many miles does it take for you to walk right back out? Five miles. Like it would be so crazy of me to think that I was going to regain my health and improve my PCOS in six months after I've literally spent decades of my life dieting, exercising, yo-yo weight cycling. And, you know, um, even though my competition prep was only five to six months, I also had a solid like three years prior to that, that I was weightlifting, exercising on a daily basis, running myself into the ground, eating, um, you know, in a caloric deficit because I was on a quote unquote weight loss journey, you know? So it's just, it's a lot of things. And I hope I'm not here to like, um, you know, overwhelm you and, and make you like, feel like, oh crap, now I really don't know what to do. Like you could really just start at the simple basic, but please move forward when it comes to fitness, more educated, look into it, figure out what is the best choice for you. Because unfortunately we can't sit here and tell you that this one particular thing is going to work for everyone. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, <laughs> Gosh, we covered so much. We, we did. We really, really did. Um, I think maybe the last thing is don't get discouraged. You know, if you feel like you're starting with something and it's not going well and you stop, don't feel like you can't start up again. Don't feel like you failed. I always look at it. I I always call it taking a pause. That's a good way to look at it. I love that phrase because like we all need to take a pause sometimes. You know, as you mentioned before, I've dealt with some other health issues, you know, aside from PCOS where I was 
doing so, so well. I was on a high and then all of a sudden the medical issue shows up and I had to take a pause for four or five months. And then you have to start over on day one again. Yeah, that could be a whole nother podcast episode. It, it could, <laughs> it, there's no question it could. And it's yeah. happened a lot to me, to be honest, but- It has, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's always gonna be there. Mm-hmm. It's always worth it. It's always gonna benefit you. And every experience, you can bring what you had before and build on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And also just, I, I hope maybe one thing the podcast, if you're listening to this, has helped is like, if you're experiencing some of this, like maybe you hit that wall and you're having to like step back and that feels really uncomfortable because it's not what you wanted, right? You know, okay. Um knowing that you're not alone and reaching out to those that understand what you're going through can be really helpful. And, you know, like, that's even the thing for me, like, I wish I could go back to my younger self and be like, okay, if you're going to do this competition, please do it under the care of someone that understands PCOS, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like those kind of things. And, um, you know, if you, you know, just kind of like the question and the topic earlier, like maybe you can't afford a personal trainer or a coach, but that's why you have people like Jenny and and myself here. Like, you know, we try to give out as much content and much support. And I know PCOS Challenge is an amazing organization Mm -hmm. to get involved in that have other um, providers that are in the physical fitness space that have that education and that information or even resources that they can share Mm -hmm. with you. So if you're having or wanting to do this alone, like, you there are there's more out there for you than you probably realize I didn't realize that or you know until I kind of put myself into the PCOS bubble Mm -hmm. um I didn't realize just like how many personal trainers how many health coaches or fitness experts in this field there really were yeah um until I got into it so I hope like you know like you don't have to go this alone yeah before I got into it I knew of three yeah yeah so you know, and now yeah. there's, there's so many that, that yeah, we, yeah, I just, I know, like, all of my, um, like, the, tra- like, the people that I hired, like, before I actually found, like, the people I really needed, mm-hmm. it's like, they knew what PCOS was, but, and they, and they acted super confident, like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. like, I, I work with PCOS stuff all the time, and if, if they, they knew it from the standpoint of calories in, calories out, bring their carbs down, make them do a lot of cardio and overtrain them to get that quick instant result and not looking at it from like the whole. And so it's just, gosh, it's such a journey. I actually hope one day, like one of my like in-game goals is to hopefully go around and like actually educate personal trainers and coaches on how to not screw up people with PCOS. Because <laughs> we have to come back in and, and which I'm, I, we love our jobs, but it's like, we, we hear this every day. We hear the yeah. people that have been to others and like, yeah, I thought I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm sick and I don't know what to do now because everything that I thought to be true is not making me any better. It's so hard. Right. And you know, I, yeah, there's so many people that come in. It's like, I know this is what you were taught, but we have to start from square one and mm-hmm. break it down for you. These things might've been great for you. These things, maybe not so much. And, right. you know, but again, it all depends on your personal history and how your body's reacting yeah. to things. And that's how we're just a little bit different than your typical trainer, because we really look at a very large, big picture behind it. It's not just, okay, I want to run a 5k. Here's your plan. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it, there's a lot that goes into this. 
Yeah. Well, let's, let's tell them like, how can they get in touch with you, especially if they need help, if they're in that area or space where they're like, I have no idea what to do now. Like, where can Mm -hmm. we find you? Okay. Well, my website is Mm bodyenhancingfitness.com. I am on Instagram at b.fit underscore with underscore PCOS. So be fit with PCOS. Um, And I am at on Facebook at Body Enhancing Fitness. Oh, I love that. And I'm going to put all of that in the show notes as well. So if you're listening to this and you want to connect with Jenny, I know she'll be more than happy to answer your questions and and, uh, have a chat with you. Um, So all of that will be in the show notes. And thank you so much for, for covering this topic with me. Like this is a topic that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts, but there's just so so much information out there. We could that, probably go on for like two more hours. I know, I know. Us. And you know, and like, that's the thing. It's like the reason why I think so many people with PCOS, this is to be my, my last closing thought is so many people with PCOS get so confused because you're hearing so many things because all of the things can work. It just depends on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends yeah, on what is best for you. Yeah. So yeah, it's not that anyone's really, I don't think anyone's like, like meaning to tell you wrong or steer you in the wrong direction it's just these all can work it just really comes down to like your individual needs and what your life looks like and what is actually feasible and those kind of things yeah right yeah awesome well thank you jenny as always it's a pleasure having you on the show i am without a doubt knowing that you'll be back and we'll probably find something else to talk about oh you're always welcome here and i just appreciate you sharing your knowledge thank you thank you it's always so enjoyable to be here and talk with you Thank you so much for tuning in to That PCOS Coach, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to be featured on the podcast, have questions about the information that you listen to or anything else, you can contact me at thatpcoscoach at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, could you do me a solid, leave a rate and review. It really helps the podcast reach more people like you in the PCOS community. And until next time, keep fighting. 